Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. Welcome to Hardly Initiated, where real men talk real shit. <laughs> it is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, rocking in here with another episode of Ryan Catches. Ryan, how you feeling? I'm convinced, man. We're going to the top because we got the most legendary yeah. guests on the platform today. So it's going to be it's going to be turned. And the word legendary is so appropriate, guys. It is absolutely so appropriate, guys, because I'm sitting here with an author, with an attorney, with a judge, Arguably the wisest woman to ever <laughs> touch a courtroom here, my auntie. She don't even know you. She don't even know she's my auntie. But that's my auntie here. We sitting here with Judge Lynn Tola. Welcome to Harley Initiated. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here. Very the most much honorable. so. Very much so. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's it's incredible because right now we we need you on this platform. All right. Because we need that wise queen energy. Okay. On the show. Because right now we are in the trenches of this divorce culture, right? Right. We are here. All the stats are showing it. The mm -hmm. conversations are showing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're seeing it on your end as well. And who better to have bring their wisdom who has been in the trenches of these marriages? And just from the years of conversations mm -hmm. and what you've seen, for those of you who don't know, divorce court... You've been on divorce. Was it for four? You had a 14-year run? I think it was 14. Yeah, 14. A 14-year run on divorce. I'm sure you've seen hundreds of cases. Thousands. It, thousands wow. of cases. What do you see is like one of the leading reasons that they end up in these courtrooms in the first place? Uh, there are a number of reasons. Uh, when I started, social media was a minor reason. Now, I... As the years went on, there was hardly a case in which social media did not factor in one way or another. Wow. Either or not, you know, it's so, you know, you used to have to leave the house to cheat. Now I can sit here right next to you and cheat. <laughs> wow. I can t you know what I mean? I can DM some dude. You've given me trouble. You my man. I love you, but I don't want to hear from you. And you say, hey, beautiful, I'm talking to you now. And you over there lingering. It's, and we're very simple creatures. We do everything to get out of immediate discomfort. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the easiest thing to do to get out of immediate discomfort is to pick something on our phones and go there. And I think that has allowed us not to manage our relationships in a, in a meaningful way. And it also sets a lot of um, temptation in front of you all day, every day. And I had always said that the rule that I have is, 
if I'm typing, texting, and I, imagine, I always imagine my husband above my head, and if I have any qualms, don't do it. I like that rule. <laughs> mm. If your partner can't read them text messages, don't, don't send don't do it. it. Don't send it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so, you, so social media is playing a big Cute. part of the demise of relationships. And I really, I really, really do. And, and, and then we get online and then we talk about we have all of these different divisive uh, people because it's an easy way to get likes and follows mm-hmm. is to, you know, get on there and do the Kevin Samuels thing or the, what is it, Derek? Jackson. Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Derek Jackson. Wasn't he out in front of his girlfriend's house one time? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about, I was like, come on now, brother. I mean, he's cute and all, but. Uh, <laughs> and so people make money off of feeding the division. And we get worse. There are a lot of factors playing into why things have become so difficult particularly between black men and women. Now, do you think mm. that, um, I mean, you've been married for 40 plus years now. Oh, uh, no, no, uh, 30. 30? 34 years. I don't know. I was married in 89. I so mean, listen. You, you do the math. Enough, enough years to be as credible as they come. As credible. Now, when you initially got married, did you see it as a forever thing? Yes, absolutely. Both of us did. Okay. We went off on vacation. And we, he never really proposed to me. Um, we could just see where it was going. And so we took a trip to St. Croix, and we sat on the beach. He said, now look, I ain't getting married again. You ain't getting married again. Let's make sure we are on the same page. This is what I'm looking to do. This is what I need. This is what I feel. And then he said, I need us to go to marriage counseling. So we did. We did six months of marriage counseling before we got married so we could see where all the problems would be. Mm. Boyfriend was accurate, too. (laughs) We had everyone he said we were going to have. But since we were, we did the prep work, we got through it. And when you go through, you know, you experiencing this 30-some-odd years Mm -hmm. of marriage, you're going to have issues. I'm sure some of the similar issues that you actually, uh, you know, presided over during your career. I mean, is it, possible or I guess did you ever come to a point where divorce was potentially an option or something that you actually seriously considered two or three times um I think year seven was funky and uh we didn't we couldn't figure out what was wrong everybody was under a lot of pressure Mm. we have four kids teenage boys in the house I had had another kid I was running for judge and there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot going on. He had his own business and having your own business, he was there from the morning till 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I felt like a single woman with his kids and my new kid and my job and my campaign. You know what I mean? It, I know exactly it, what you mean. It, it was a lot. And you choose to get angry with the nearest person because he's the one that didn't put, you know, put the dishes up. You know, it's, it's not the rest of it. <laughs> and then in year... Uh, 17 and 18, um, I would have sold you to him, to a woman, for a dollar, and she might have got some change. (laughs) We hated each other. I mean, it was, we had moved. We did do nothing but fight. I mean, nothing. And what I had decided to do, which is what I call the false okay, I thought, because we were under a lot of pressure, 
and I moved and doing a TV show, which I had never intended to do, and I'm an introvert, and I was doing all these extroverted things, and he left his whole business in Cleveland. And now he's out here in Phoenix looking at me like, you know, I'm out here for you, now what? Mm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He didn't see it. We didn't see it that way, but all of that, all of that was happening. And I thought the best way to handle that was to say yes to everything. I wanted to, yes, I want to do that, yes, no, yes, okay, baby, anything you want, anything you want, anything you want, anything you want, anything you want. That made that man so mad because he married a strong, intelligent, decisive woman. And all of a sudden, I got him halfway across the country and I decided not to think. Mm. And he didn't understand that's what was happening. And we did, I didn't realize it until one day it was my birthday. And uh, I was trying desperately to find a restaurant he would like on my birthday because it was all about pleasing him. And I showed him this restaurant. And he said, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, but it's October 25th. At 364 other days of the year, he can do anything he wants. But this, this one is mine. And then I had to figure out what was wrong. And then I figured out what was wrong. And it took me a year and a half, but I fixed it. Wow. So let me ask you this, because I, a lot of people now wouldn't have made it through what you guys made mm -hmm. it through. I hear a lot of people even say, you know, you know, don't be in a relationship where you're not happy. You know, that's not something that you should do. Mm -hmm. You know, and to some extent, you know, it is a thin line between fighting for your marriage and just being unhappy, right? right? So when those, when you're going through that, that level of unhappy, that level of unhappiness, and, and even some sense, that level of misery, how do, what, what's going on in your mind? How do you stay focused on working through this and not just calling it quits? I called my mother, and uh, I, was, I was regaling her with all of his sins, <laughs> and there were many. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to tell you what to do. I told you what to do last time. I told you what to do the time before that. I'm going to tell you one last time. But if you don't do it, don't call me no more because you can't stay mad and stay married, and I ain't taking nary one of these phone calls again. Mm. Are you gonna do what I tell you to do? Yes, ma'am. This is what you need to do. You need to change. And I said, but he's wrong. He didn't wanna go to where I wanted to go. I don't care. He's, he's not going to change. You change. And then when you change, he'll have to change, because he's got a different check. Mm. And so I changed. I stopped. I, he said, she said, don't get mad. Be serious. I understand, honey, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> and that used to back me up. <laughs> I understand, but I'm not doing that. And then started making decisions, and he was like, oh, this is the chick I married. Mm. The one who has, oh, you know, baby, we ought to do this. Yeah, baby, that's a good idea. He got his old wife back. And that's, it took 18 months, but we did it. But if you're unhappy, most people are always pointing at their partner and saying what they're doing wrong. They're relevant. 
What you have to do is change in order to inspire change in them. And a lot of people don't want to do that because they feel like if I'm right, how come I got to change? And you got to change because you ain't happy. That's what. That doesn't mean do what he says or do what she says. Change how you are conducting business. And you keep changing until you find something that works. Do everything that makes sense to you first. And if everything that makes sense to you don't work, try something don't make a lot of sense. See what happens. Let me tell you something. That was such game right there. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I think one of the biggest things that we can't miss out there, uh, you know, out of that whole story was that you had wise counsel. Yeah. And thankfully, you had a mom, a mother that you can call to be able to put you on game and give you some genuine, give you some genuine, you know, not coming from a place of spite, not coming from any dark place, but gave you some genuine game for you to actually apply and get results from. Do you think a lot of women have that? I I think I hit the maternal lotto. I think Mm. I got the best woman ever to hit the planet. I mean, that you, you can never convince me of that otherwise. But she didn't want me to marry him because he had four kids and he was just divorced. Oh, I can see that. And, you know, I'm a Harvard graduate, right, nice right, right. looking, I'm a lawyer, you know, and he, they wanted me to marry a doc. He was an accountant with his own firm, you know, so he was fighting and struggling with them four kids and all that kind of stuff. And my, parent, my mother was like, oh, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and I married him. And the next day, what you need? She said, because the, the destination has always been happy. I want you to be happy. I didn't want you to get on this ship, but it's the one you're on. So I'm going to help you paddle. Even if it's not the ship I chose for you, because it's the one you chose. And she helped us all the way through. That's unconditional all support the right there. Unconditional. Unconditional. And was mom, was mom also married? 36 years, she, she, she buried him. Wow. Forever and ever. And I, I know um, from, from checking out your, your, your book, I, the book is um, Your Mother's Rules. My Mother's Rules, yep. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, your mom pretty much being a, an emotional genius. Yes. So, you know, when you growing up and, you know, you see her experience these ups and downs in, in her relationship, was there anything, you know, that she taught you then, like in the midst of the things that she was going through with, with, with uh, your father? We did a lot of just trying to survive back then. Okay. But she was always an instructor. And she would take, I remember one time we were on Livingston Avenue and Haddon Road and we were waiting for a light. I was about 13 and we had seen something, and I can't remember what it was. And she said, you know, Lynn, sex speaks to men differently than it does to us. It is, it, 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 it's such a basic raw hunger for them that even men that you trust will touch you inappropriately. That was her telling me, if anybody ever does anything, tell me. Because it's, al- wow. it's always a secret. Wow. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of women who have been you know, molested many. as young people. Many. I mean, many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And molested as young people. But she didn't, she, that was the seed she planted. I understand. I want you to be aware, and you can tell me. That's, that's who she was. She would take anything that she was presented and instruct us with it, you know? 
I know. I, listen, I'm, I'm very curious about this too because that was kind of a, a way for her to introduce you to those those types of things. And I hear a lot from women now. Um, you know, the sexual assault is a big deal. Being introduced to sex at an early age is a big deal for for women now. What is when? What's the best way to introduce a young lady for the for the guys who are fathers out there and the, and the, uh, the women who are mothers? What's the best way to introduce a young lady to sex? Hmm. Deep question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. The issue that you have is they've already seen it. Mm. That's Take, a very that's do, a very modern issue now. Do, like, do, do you like, know what you I'm can't saying? Hide it from you, them. you can't hide it. Good point. The, the, you know stuff that you didn't you know stuff that you didn't know. And I remember. When, <laughs> I don't know how old I was. But they had the first thing of sex education at school. Yeah. So I came home and my parents were sitting on the couch. I'll never forget it. And uh, I said, Mom. She said, what? I said, do you want to know what they said you and Daddy did? He said, they said he got on top of you and you danced over it for a little while. And that's how I got pregnant. And I didn't believe him. Daddy shot out of the room, ran like he <laughs> was like, this is not, not my me, right? this is not. And I was, you know, I was, you know, so. How old were you at this point? Wow. Oh, this is like I middle school? Like, yeah, like 12, maybe 10, 12. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I feel him. I feel him on that one. But I was in the, it was, it was late 60s and early 60s, so I had never seen anything. I saw Captain Kangaroo. That was it. That, <laughs> that was all on to, there was no internet. So now you have to start early. And I think you have to start with showing people what love is mm. and that sex is not, sex is different than that. And I mean, my boys are so protective and deferential, not deferential, but women are to be held to love and you don't hurt one. And if, if a guy's getting joy with a woman, they don't like to get up. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. That's because they, because their father did that for me. I'm on his lap. He's hugging me. He's bouncing me. And I remember when my, my son was, uh, all his life, my husband would say if he had to leave the house for any period of time, he would tell my oldest, not when his kids were gone, he was like four or five, he says, you know you're the man of the house now. And they, he go, yeah, yeah, take care of your little brother. Yeah, yeah, I'm man of the house. So I remember when 16, the Eric left, and, and the man, and he said, now remember, Bill, you're the man of the house. And he's 16, turned. what does that really mean anyway? I can't tell her what to do. I can't, you know, she won't right. obey me. What does it mean to be the man of the house? And my husband said, I said, you're the man of the house. So when he left, I got a two-story ladder and started painting up on the ceiling. My son came out, took the ladder. He says, you can do up to here. From here up, it's me. And mm. when you're done, let me know. I'll take the, ha- the ladder out. And then when he hauled up the ladder, because I love manual labor, so I'll do anything. He hauled up the ladder, and I said, that son is what the man of the house does. You return his woman to him in the same condition he left her. Wow. <laughs> I like and that one. That's that's the nigga I married. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And you know what? That's that's what all young men and you know that's what we want. That's what we want for our grandmothers, oh. our, our moms, our sisters. 
we want to be able to, you know, pass them to a strong man right. that's going to keep them in the same, if not better, condition. And he go. doesn't. My husband's not a talker. Mm. But they watched him for 20, 30 years. And how he treated me was how you treat your women. And the married ones, they got married once, stayed married, got kids, none of that outside children stuff, because they watched that man. And he showed them how to do it. Wow. Just by being there and being constant. Just, you know, woo. Man, now, you know, that's so true what you said too, Ryan, because <clears throat> my mom also, my, my mom got divorced mm -hmm. as well. And thankfully, you know, after her divorce, she actually remarried to uh, another uh, brother now that she's still married to, military brother. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this is like the most poised brother ever. Like he's just, he's retired military vet. Southern brother, you know, grew up in the country. I mean, I've, you, you will never see him sweat. I mean, calm, cool, collected, retired. I mean, you know, living <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, right. not, not, nice big house in the country. And it does make you, it, it makes you feel really good knowing that your mom is now in good hands. Protected. And she's protected now. And also it takes the pressure off of us as men as well to have uh, other strong men in the family. Because if it wasn't for him, I'm sure my mom would need me a lot more involved and a lot more active in her life, which that would be my duty. To, Absolutely. To, and you would do it, too. I would have to do it. Yeah. I would have to do it. And, you know, that's why now it's just the climate that we're in now is very dangerous for us as a community. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have the, the blending of the man and the woman supporting each other, then we just really don't have a good foundation. At all. And that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. And... You know, that's why I think it was, I think your show was so special, by the way. Thank you. On Divorce Court, because you did such a good job blending this wisdom with this, this wittiness and this humor, you know, and this, this realness. Because mm -hmm. you were dealing with real people <laughs> over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And you see in our generation, I've seen you dealing with a lot of millennials, mm -hmm. a lot of millennials. Do you feel like our generation has a real shot right now? at being able to get it together and build those families that you've built, your mom has built, or I mean, or you think we're gonna just have to, we, we're gonna just have to hope it out for the next one. <laughs> 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 you, let, me, let me know what you think, because you've seen way more relationships than me at this point, so you let me know. I think we need to get away from the group think. And what the group think is, we are so capable now, and we were talking about this earlier, the ability to anybody with an opinion and a platform can go all over the world. And I think it's become easier and uh, conflict sells. You can't have a drama, you can't have a play, you can't have anything without conflict. And I think we are feeding ourselves our own demise by, by pursuing followers and like, and now who am I to tell some brother he can't make his money? You know, that's hard to tell somebody you can't make your money. Mm -hmm. what, I res what I respect about y'all is y'all doing y'all thing, but you ain't doing no damage. You asking, you're inquiring, you're having conversations, but it, it, the cell is not the conflict. The cell is the conversation and the knowing and the information and the newness. I think 
I think y'all in a little trouble. <laughs> relationship wise right. because it's just too it, it's too I grew up in a generation where you put your head down and got through it you know you just put your head down and got through it and I know I remember you told me about the breakfast club interview mm-hmm. I looked at some of the comments and it was like you know I feel sorry for Judge Lynn because she was raised in an abusive environment and didn't know it and she's this that and the other thing and I said you know ain't nothing perfect and Everybody is so quick to be offended and hurt, and I've been traumatized. And, and, and bad things happen, and people should be loved and cared for. But damn, sometimes you just got to get out there and fight. And uh, we weren't allowed to get offended. I, 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 you know what I mean? I don't, you you going to expect somebody to say something hurt your feelings. What you mean? My mother would get mad at me. Can I tell you a quick story? Uh, of course you Please. can. <laughs> we need those. It's 66, 67, something like that. And there was Tower Court South Pool in our neighborhood. And my father got out of the Army in 47. No, 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 no. 43, 45, something like that. Because he beat the shit out of a white officer who wouldn't let him in the officer's club because he was black. Wow. Mm. They tried to put him in Leavenworth, but he got a something else. So anyway, him and a bunch of his buddies bought land on the outskirts of Columbus, Ohio, because they couldn't buy nice houses inside Columbus, Ohio, because they were black. And they built their own community. They all knew each other. Dr. Ruffin was over here. Dr. Manuel was over there. Attorney Cox was down. It was, that was us. That's all we knew. All the women stayed home. All the women, uh, 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 except for Dr. Allen, because they were doctor, doctor, two doctors, so she worked. Uh, didn't have any kids. And anyway, so Tower's Court South Pool went up. They wouldn't let us sit, because they didn't want no black folk in the pool. So I went home, Daddy, they won't let me in the pool. Kathy and I were standing outside. And he said, okay. So then he goes, uh, then he comes back. At, I guess he made some phone calls, realized it was a private pool with membership, and he couldn't get us in. But he thought, you know what? My daughters need to learn how to swim. So he made my mother take us down to the YWCA in the hood because we needed to learn how to swim. My name is Lynn. My sister's name is Kathy. Our hair was about down to here. My mother had a big rock on her hand and a Mercedes. I came home and I said, Mommy, what's a rich pitch mither father? (laughs) She goes, a rich pitch mither father? They were calling us rich bitch motherfuckers. Wow. Because they didn't, we got white names and we got long hair. They were so mean to us. And so I came home, Dad, I'm not going back. Those little kids are mean to me. Can you swim? No. Okay. Back I went. Three weeks. Every end of every week, they gave you a, a, a lesson. You had to be able to do four strokes, jump in the deep end of the pool, get out of the shallow end. I had never jumped in the pool before because I was scared. Standing in line, I was number three. I'll never forget it. I ran in front, jumped in, did the front crawl, side <laughs> stroke. I did the, this, and then as I, I turned over on my back to do the back stroke because I couldn't really do it. So I did two as I went under, touched the wall, got out, didn't wait for her to tell me to pass because... I could tell my father I could swim. Mm. And the lesson of that is 
Ain't nobody got to love you where you are. You just got to take care of your business. The white kids didn't love me over here. The black kids didn't love me over there. But a bitch can swim and got her own TV show. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. I like that. I like that. You so, know, I, we, we are a very sensitive culture, though. Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't understand. Oh, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I don't understand it. It's like peeling your skin off yourself and exposing yourself to the world. Like, you can hurt me. Try to offend me. Try. Mm. I'm not, you know, if anybody can offend you, everybody can own you. I don't want nobody owning me but me. And all these trigger warnings, and I guess, I guess, you know, we should be kind and polite and all this kind of stuff. But don't teach your kids to be weak. Mm -hmm. Mm. And my, my parents didn't allow it. They didn't care. Uh, the teacher wasn't nice to me. She didn't put me in reading group one. They never did because it was a squeaky mommy thing. They, they, they said, did you get 100 on your test? No, I don't want to talk to you then. It, whatever, daddy was born in 1919. Mommy was born in 1930. Whatever crap I was going through won nothing mm. compared to what they went through. And they wanted to teach us just to push and not to worry about what everybody thought and, and to be able to go places where you are are not expected to be. I was the first black woman at a 200-man law firm. They had three brothers and me. Wow. And then I went to another law firm, did it again. And, I, and everybody says, what's that like? I didn't even notice. I, 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 I didn't know. I knew what I knew. I had my degree. I'm going to come in here and kick some ass. Mm. It didn't matter. And it's better when it, you know, people will say something like, oh, he was trying to insult you. Oh, I missed it. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just, I mean, everybody should be nice and kind and gentle, but I just think we're teaching people to be too weak. I agree. And when you focus on the mission, you don't even notice everything else is going you on. You don't. Yeah. You really, really don't. And, you know, I've been, you know, but I just, it got nothing to do with you. If you're not messing with my man or my money, why do I care what you think? You know, the poem goes, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good, good times. times. Good, good times, times create weak kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, that's the cycle we in, right? Yeah, that's what But that's the But the on. good part about the cycle is weak men create hard times. And what happens is we start to repeat itself it, right it, here, It'll right? come back. And, and the whole key, though, is no matter what's happening around you, you make the decision to make it right. You make a decision to make your world the way it should be. My father and all those men in the, in the 40s made a decision. These are all of our restrictions. Let us think past that because we will not be denied. And they had to fight the whole way. Mm. They had to fight the, you know, people collected money around in the neighborhood and offered the people that they would get, they were buying the land from more money because they didn't want black people out there. Mm. But they fought and they got it. I, I just, I don't know. So Judge Lynn, I want to talk to you about strong men from a, okay. an observer perspective. Because when I think about you, I mean, you, um, you know, you grew up with, you know, both your parents in the household. You know, you got, had a strong father in the household. You know, you end up being very successful scholastically going to Harvard, you become a top lawyer, you know, uh, divorce judge, all of these different things you got going on. So I'm thinking the man that you, you know, have this 30 some odd year marriage with, he's got to be a strong dude. 
So from an observer perspective, because I would imagine, you know, maintaining a woman for 30 years, I mean, it's one of the most dynamic individuals or things, beings on the entire planet. From an observer perspective, I'm going to keep this brother. Yeah. Yeah. You can be my chorus. (laughs) From an observer perspective, what are some things that your husband does to showcase that he is a strong man? He never gets excited. Takes a lot to make him angry. And the fact that he is always calm makes me believe he has this. Mm. You know what I mean? That that sense of he don't get mad, he don't get angry, he ain't pushy. Because... I got this. No problems, no trouble. I mean, you get mad, but you got to work him to get mad. <laughs> you got, you, I mean, you really got to lean on that brother to, to, for, to make him get angry. And he, uh, he has no fear of my success. His, my success, he was my campaign manager for Judge, and he pretty much shut down his entire business and did that for a year. Wow. Uh, what is there to fear from a strong woman who loves you? Nothing. Uh, he, he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. Uh, I, you know, I kept my last name. I didn't take his last name. And he doesn't care because he knows who he is. He knows what he wants to do. And my success is his success. Because he's the one back here, you know, like I'm out here doing a, a, ser- a series. I wrote a, a, uh, a scripted show, eight episodes. We're taping it right now. And I don't know why you didn't do it sooner. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. You think everybody's smarter than you, but they're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just everything is a pep talk. And he said, you know what I'm your problem is you don't have enough confidence. But he's got confidence for days. And we are this unit. I go up, he goes up. I pass out, he passes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're together. So there's, he, he has nothing to prove to anybody else. And there's no need to say I'm in charge. He knows what he's in charge of. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm sure on the opposite end, you know, because... The things that you're talking about that he helps you with, I just, I, you know, I cannot personally imagine you having those issues. Because when I see you on TV, I mean, everything is, I mean, this, this, she's beautiful. She's telling everybody, you know, giving everybody the, the exact, the proper counsel. So I'm like, this, this lady doesn't have any problems. You know, so it's easy to think that about people. So is it things that you do on your end to, I guess, allow him the space to still be a very strong man? Um, I can't allow him to do nothing. Mm. He's his own man. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't allow him to do nothing. What I do do, though, I'm very congenial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> I love this brother. So I'm always thinking about how can I make him happy? How mm. can I make this easy for him? Man, he's done a lot for me. He struggles. I cry. I carry on. I don't want to go. And, you know, I, if I haven't flown in a while, you know, there are things he has to do to settle me down. And I appreciate everything <clears throat> he does for me. So, hey, baby, what you need? What you want? What you need for breakfast? What you want? You know, I go over the top with caring for the cat I love because he goes over the top caring for me. So, I'm just, and I'm, he likes to laugh and I try to be funny. 
<laughs> just you know, I, I mean, I, I want him to enjoy his. How can he enjoy his day? How can I add to his pleasure? And you know, like uh, when I was here and we were taping in this this courtroom, and the judge's name was Judge Mumford, and his last name is Mumford. And I said, "Ooh, look, baby, you got a new job." Took a picture of it and sent it to him. My job is to make him feel happy mm. that he loves me, and. I'm, I'm a success if my husband's smiling. I believe that. And he handles his, he does what he does. He handles, he does some real estate. I don't know what's going on with him. But when he asks for help, I give it. But on any other day, one of my jobs is just making sure he's smiling. That, that makes a lot of sense. You I like know, that. Know your man, know what he needs, and you know, position yourself to and be a value. shovel it to him. Mm. Just shovel. If there's no one else in this world I would do, just be uncomfortable for and be, it's him. Because he gave me all of the, none of this would have happened absent him. I don't have that, I don't have that strength. I have capacity, I have ability, but I don't have confidence and strength. That man gives, has it in buckets. Mm. In buckets. That's powerful right there. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is important to say, too. I'm really interested to hear your, your thoughts on this because one of the biggest things, and I, I think what you said is absolutely true. I'm actually happy you are uh, honest enough to say one of the biggest things that you, you to, to determine that this is a strong brother, you look at his poise, right? How cool and calm he is, right? Through all the pressure, he still has this poise about him at all points in time, right? And I think that's important even for us as leaders of a company, right? You, can, you, you don't want to see a CEO all frantic and worried <laughs> right, about right. <laughs> Anybody going to lose faith in this brother here, right? Then, but then there's this conversation. It's also a new conversation. And I, there's, a, there's truth to this conversation as well of, of this conversation of, of vulnerability you need mm -hmm, to have with mm -hmm, your partner, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a thin line between vulnerability and weakness, especially mm -hmm. as it relates to your woman. Mm -hmm. Because although he's poised, I'm sure that man's going through a lot of shit. He's got a wife, he's got these kids, he's got his business, he's he living your boys. life. He's, he's, he's got things and emotions going through his head. So how does a man communicate with you in a way where you can still provide him, you know, emotional support? And y'all have this healthy line right. of communication, but it's not vulnerable and he's weak. What does that look like? I don't make him ask. I'm, I inquire. Mm. I'll sit on the, you don't look right. You all right over there? You upset about that? Did you call so-and-so? What'd he say? You know what I mean? You know what I, th you know what I mean? And I'm on his lap. I've got my finger in his ear. You know, <laughs> just, messing, just messing with him. But I want him to be comfortable and relaxed, and he's comfortable and relaxed when I'm touching him. You know? Mm -hmm. You know? And That's then, always the case with a beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get on there. Everything's fine. I'm on there and messing with the shooting it off. Well, what's he talking about on TV? And I said, were you upset about that other day? And I didn't like it. I said, what was it about? You know what I mean? I don't make him ask. I don't make him inquire. Because I think part of my job is his emotional management. He manages me emotionally, giving me confidence. And I manage him emotionally, giving him an outlet for his fears and concerns and problems. Mm. And then I don't and then I don't judge. 
You know what I mean? I, I think that's a key aspect of it, not judging. Mm. Be- I don't, yeah. Because somebody could share with you and be very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of take those things that they say and, you know, just really, yeah, just be very judgmental about it. And my, kinda- yeah, my mother told me, she said, you never hit a man where he's weak. Never. It could be true. It could be real. But you don't hit him where he's weak because it'll turn around on you. You can get him to do what you need him to do. But you never hit a man where he's weak because they never forget it. It lives with them. And so I know what his weaknesses are. He don't know I know they're there. Because mm. I don't mention them, don't talk about them, and I don't, you know. Now, I talk about my weaknesses all day long. But he, he you know. How do you know? How do you know? How do you learn about a man's weaknesses? Well, I done been with the brother. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, mean I, I know where he's weak. I do. I know what bothers him. I know what he doesn't like. I know, you know, um, like, he never asked me to put up Christmas lights. And I didn't for years because I'm not a celebratory person. And then I saw him go into somebody's house and he was like, wow, with the Christmas decorations. I said, this brother likes the, the Christmas decorations. He ain't going to ask me to do it. Mm. He ain't going to say we need to do this. So the next year, I went all out. Brother loved it. Wow. You watch him. You pay attention. I love this guy. What's he doing? What makes him smile? Oh, that makes him smile. Let me go over home and do that. So, and like this year, I got all new Christmas stuff. I, I wrap all the presents in coordinated colors because he likes it. He never asked for it, but I paid attention and I gave it to him. Got to be present. Mm-hmm. Present, looking, and willing to learn. And, and I don't expect our marriage to go well. I work my marriage like a job. Every day. It's the most important job I got. Well, mother, maybe. But it's the most important job I got. And you know how much time you guys put into this, don't you? Right. The light, you got the right light. You ain't got the almost right light. Right. And if the light goes out, you pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't do that in their relationship. They don't like, hmm, what can I do today? How's he feeling? You know, what's going on? Uh, is he happy? Is he struggling? If he's struggling, I don't want to talk to him about his struggle, but I'm going to A, do something to make it easier, or B, do something. Because you men are cool. This is what I like about y'all. Y'all can be struggling over here, but if you show him a good time over there, then he, can, he, can, he can put that down for a second and just have the fun. Absolutely. We can, I can't do that. I, he, can't, he can't distract me. Mm. If I got a problem, this brother got to sit down and talk to me about it. <laughs> he got to listen to the whole thing. Uh, but... Uh, you learn, and it's a job, and you work that job. And when you work a job well, that job pays well. Mm, treat the marriage like a nine to five. Yeah. And then when you work well, it pays well. That makes, I like that. That's a, that's a bar right there. Yeah. And you full of them. <laughs> I'm full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this one here too, um, Judge Lynn, because... I'm sure what you've seen a lot of, because I've, of course, I've, I mean, first of all, divorce court was just always in the house, just kind of playing. And a lot of things I wouldn't always hear on many shows was infidelity, right? That happens. That's just a part of nature of being in a relationship for um, years, right? I want to know how we should, pro- how, how should we handle that issue, right? Because 
being that infidelity realistically is a it's a common issue in relationships it's a very common issue and i mean we, we just can't be instructing people to just go about divorcing every you know every time infidelity comes up in a relationship because we're going to continue to have the problems that we have now how should we be handling infidelity as it arrives in our relationships that's a very good question that the answer to which i'm not sure I, have, I am of the proper age to give. Mm. Back in the day, uh, when my parents were raising us and stuff, there was a, a phrase known as, yeah, he tips a little. And the thing was, they were all married. If you were a dude in the 50s living in that house, you were bad at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You right, were. Right, right. No retiring cat made it out there. And every once in a while, and it was common knowledge amongst the women, and they kind of let it happen until they stop. Doesn't happen a lot. And the dudes kind of knew, you know, I can tip a little, but I don't do nothing disrespectful. I don't get caught. Now, these days, that wouldn't sell. Women ain't going to do that. <laughs> right. You know, it, that, that, that just wouldn't sell. But... They were fighting so many fights in the 50s, in the 60s, that they had to stay together. They had to make it work. And y'all want so much more sex than we do. I don't know. Maybe it's different now. Young women saying they like the one that's what they. That's what they're saying. I don't, be- I don't believe it either. I don't I think believe it either. I think it's emotional, it's emotional baggage and right, the stress right, that's right. causing them to say stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. If my husband were to ever have cheated... I don't think I would have left. We would have we had issues. We would have gone to a counselor. But I can't let. Now, if he's just a repeater, just a traveler, he's just screwing everything that <laughs> happens to walk by, right. he got to go bye-bye. Right. <laughs> but he makes a mistake. I, I would hope that I was woman enough to weigh it. Not say it's Okay but get through it. When the situation is reversed, y'all never get over it. Oh, yeah. I could. So, I, it, but that's just how y'all are. But mm-hmm. I, it just, y'all, you know, y'all never get over it. And I know that. So I don't do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care how fine you are or whatever, and I'm away from him for months. I got something so good. Ain't no sex. I don't care how you can rock it. Will, will get me to endanger this beautiful thing I got over here. Can't do it. Now, you know, they also say in that same conversation, because, you know, it's, you hear this conversation all the time. They say, you know, men, men cheat. You know, it's, it's not emotions involved. When women cheat, it's always emotional. That's why women cheat mm-hmm. is worse than men. Do you think there's any truth to that? or Some. I mean, it's um, we, we, we want to talk, you know, I always talk on, on TV about, you know, men in, in marriages talk, I want more sex, I want more sex, I want more sex, and she ought to do it, and she ought to do it. I said, no, nah, wait a minute now. I said, did you, yeah. all day foreplay takes five minutes, call her once on the job, didn't have to call her, hey, baby, thinking about you, come home, kiss her on the neck, <gasps> lick her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they get behind her, shake her butt, and ask her what happened. Mm. You're going to get laid. Now... That takes work. But it's only five minutes worth. That's true. It's not that much. 
and we want to be heard. We want, we, we, we want you to think we're wonderful. And if you give us that, we'll give you more because we just love you. You know what I mean? This guy. And when we start seeing as you treat me any old way all day long, and then you expect me to join my body with yours because it's my job, brother, please. Mm. You know, just five minutes. I ain't worth that. So, you know, the sex drives are different. I mean, you know, he's always wanted more than I have. But we figured it out how to, you know, and he knows what makes me feel warm and fuzzy. You make me feel warm and fuzzy. I'll make you feel warm and fuzzy. I think that's a really good formula for men to get what they want from their woman. So I want to talk because, you know, just being here sitting with you, I could imagine you don't have any issue getting what you want from your man. Right. Even sitting here now, I'm like, you want some coffee? What you want me to fluff the pillows? You know what what you need. Right. (laughs) But I think, you know, I think modern women do have an issue. And it seems like they have they have found a way to get what they want from men. The number one thing being attention. But the way they are uh, attracting this attention and getting this attention is a lot of it through being scantily clad and Mm -hmm. presenting themselves very sexually online. So I want to speak to the women who are on that end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. What are some things outside of just being overly sexualized can a woman do in her relationship um, or if she's seeking just some attention or some things from a man, what are some things that she can do that are not sexual? Here's what I would say. Stop thinking about it as what can I do for a man that is not sexual, that's attractive. What I say is, who are you mm. and what do you like? I pay enough attention to what you, who you are and what you like. Oh, he likes this. Then I do that. You know, he likes this other thing. Uh-huh. He likes a deep conversation about politics. Okay. He likes such and such. You know, I know what my husband likes and doesn't like, and I feed his need. I don't feed a male need. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> I get that. It's, it's, and if you operate with that specificity. Mm-hmm. But people don't do that. Right. They're out there with the resume. Six figures. It got to be over six feet and blah, 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 blah. Ain't none of that. None of that. It's like, who is he? What's he need? What's he want? Do I like what he needs and want? Go ahead and give it to him. And get joy out of giving it to him. Because it's fun to feed somebody you love. Whether you're feeding them conversation, where you're feeding them, you know, uh, excitement and trip, whatever it is. But focus on that cat and let him know you know him as opposed to how do I get men in general? Because mm. I was like the world's worst girlfriend. I didn't give up. What you, you know, oh, you want to go to Italian? I want to go to, go to uh, 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 Chinese. Let's break up. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. like they were, they were like, you know, I'm on this path, and you know, brother, you want to come, you can come. But how I knew he was the one was, I was, oh, that's what he wants to do. I'm gonna go on that mm. with him. You know, I didn't want to leave just because he wasn't doing what I wanted to what do. What made you, and was it was it that strength that you saw in him that made you want to, you know, pretty much. Do what he wanted, or, or did you? Were you in a different time in your life? What was it? Strong, silent type. Just loved it. I, my father was very, very 
you know, he was mentally ill. He was mercurial. And it was, you know, stuff popping off all the time. And this dude, steady. And it was funny because the other dude that he was with was unmarried. And he called me first. After I went to the Cavs game, remember I told you I married my husband. I, I met him at a Cavs game, and he was with his buddy. And his buddy called, and I was like, dang. And he buddy was like, they both good looking. But the buddy was, you know, he was a sexy. He was a player. And I was like, I don't want that one. My husband had his uh, jeans rolled up all goofy looking. That's the brother I want and don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he is so bad. It's like, like Michael Jackson. Right. He put on white socks because he's Michael Jackson. He made it cool because he had it on. And it took him three weeks to call me. And after a couple of years, I asked, I said, how come it took you so long? I thought you and Huggins uh, decided, oh, you can chase her. I'm done. He said, nah. He said, because I knew if I went for you, you weren't, you were serious or nothing. Mm. And I needed to know I was ready for serious. So that's what took me so long. I was like, oh, I got the right guy. Right, right, right. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, me and Ryan be talking. It's some women that we be like, no, 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 we can't rock with her right now. That's going to have to be a wife. We got to be ready right. to take that one. We got to be ready to take that one on for the long haul. And it, and it's, it's very much so about how that woman presents herself, too. Absolutely. Very much so. and, and in the communication, the conversation that you have. And it's funny, it's funny, Judge, how you talked about, um, you know, finding out what your specific man wants. And it just reminds me of, um, I was, this, this was, this was maybe like six years ago. I was dating a young lady and was with her family for Christmas. And her mom pulled out like this, uh, I think it was like a 12 pack of these, these beers. Mm-hmm. And she, she mentioned, she, you know, when she's getting ready to put them on the counter, she mentioned how much she loved them. And a young lady I was dating at the time was, you know, called her out in front of everybody. It's like, you don't love those. You just, you just say you like whatever, whatever my dad likes. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of upset. Like the young lady I was dating said it in this way that was kind of like this disappointing yeah. way. Like you don't, you don't do what's for you for you. You yeah. do it because he likes it. And she looked at her and was just like, "It's some things that we got to talk about that you just don't understand." <laughs> and I didn't really understand that until later. What that meant? It just meant, yo, this my man likes this. He likes it. I like this. So tonight, we drinking this damn six pack. Oh, let, me, let, let, me, let me give you a good example. For example, I told y'all my mom got remarried. Let me, Mr. Lonnie, his name. Mm-hmm. He loves some football. Right. Let me tell you, college sports, NFL. He knows. I, we could call him right now. Figure out what what's the NFC East standings. And he would know. He's <laughs> like, I'm telling. He knows everything about it. Let me tell you, my mom. All of a sudden. She know football better than me. <laughs> My mom is a Georgia Bulldogs fan. She got gear. She know when the game's going on. My mom literally has become a football fanatic. But it makes sense because that's how they connect. But somebody who doesn't understand men or that men would appreciate mm-hmm. that, that level of you know, consideration would say like she's not being genuine to herself. Right. Anyone who doesn't understand people would say she's not being genuine to herself. If I love somebody, out of all the billions of cats on this world, I pick that one. And if I'm not willing to do things for him that were not necessarily right down the middle for me, why'd I marry him? I, ma- I married him to change everything, my status and all this kind of stuff. I, I know what a balk is in baseball. 
because he loves baseball. I couldn't care. I think that's the dullest game ever. <laughs> but we will, we will sit at the thing. I'll eat hot dogs. You can buy a drink every once in a while. I learn not to ask too many questions because you become a mention. They don't want to be bothered. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Don't ask too many. Learn on your own. But I uh, it's like and he's like he's he is happy you know and he does the same thing for me everybody is so this is another thing i think's wrong with social media you put everything on there so everybody judges everything that you do Mm -hmm. and so you have to put that you you look, you looking, you doing this for your man, you doing that for man, you looking weak, you're not looking at, I'll do anything for my husband, and he'll do anything for me. And I don't care what you think about it, what do you think about it, or what he thinks about it, because he's my man. And there's no comparison. There's no, and you never see him on my social media, do you? No. Mm. You know why? He don't like it. He don't like it. And I used to do it maybe once or twice a year. But you respect, and for me, it would be very helpful because I do what I do and us doing like it's credibility, all of that. But I respect him more than my own needs in that regard because he's my man, and it don't make me smaller, it don't make me less than, it don't make me. A pick me, which somebody called me and made me mad. <laughs> it, it, it don't make me none of that. It just makes me happily married. Facts. I give a hundred percent. He get. Let's take. I go out town. You know, work. Hey, baby, everything. Hey, is everything fine? Yeah, everything's fine. Hey, baby, everything. Everything's fine. I get home. He said, "Well, now that I'm, now that you're home, baby, let me tell you what the hell happened." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the house went up in flames, and then this and that. But he lies to me till I can get home. He says, and I said, well, what did you tell me? He said, what could you do? Mm. And he says, I got it. I'll carry that. I'm not going to call you about that. Or I'll go away to work. I won't call him for three days because it's just been hectic. Hectic. And I'll call him for, I'm sorry I haven't called. I figured you were busy. I know what you're doing. He, he does for me what I do for him. And it's always eat. Not always easy, but it's, it's always meaningful and joyful because we know it and we acknowledge it. All right, fellas. So y'all heard that. Judge Lynn just said you can lie to your lady. Oh! All right. <laughs> as long as it's in her best interest. <laughs> right. As long as it's in her best interest. That's a good one. But I get it, though. Mm. I mean, you know, he, he wants you to be. And you already said, and I'm sure, again, it's like mm. knowing you. He knows you. You said you anxious. He said, you, you worried about all these different things. Why, last, why put some more on your plate? Last thing you want to do is gin me up. You want to have my mind clear so I can do my job. Mm. And if I'm worried about what's happening at home, my mind is not clear. So he doesn't allow that. He just, and the one time in 14 years, he called me. He said, baby, I'm so sorry. But, and it was a legal matter. One of my kids <laughs> Okay, okay. Here's what you do, baby, you know, but that's what we do for each other. Peace. Peace, yeah, it's nice. It's very nice. Man, that's beautiful. And see, you know, it's it's interesting because 
you know, a lot of times, and that's why we even as a platform, we got to bring other people up here with successful relationships that's already doing it. Because again, you're hearing all this information, all the group think that you discussed prior. And when you hear somebody actually having a successful relationship and the stories they tell, the things that they say and they do, this, it, that just sounds like what it really takes to have a successful right. relationship. Mm-hmm. It's almost like listening to somebody like your college professor teach you about business and actually listen to the entrepreneur who's had a successful business for 30 right. years. Right. It's a very big difference. And it's something special about the information you're given because it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And again, I see how social media can misinform a lot of us whether it's misinforming us to think that we need to overly be, you know, about self, mm-hmm. you know, and not conform to other people because that's dangerous. Whether, get all the negative people out of your life. You know, some people in yep. for see, just give up. No, that, you're not making me joyous right now. Go away. <laughs> it's terrible. You should Boundaries. not be in an unhappy relationship because if the, if the relationship is bad, not you got Not feeding gotta, your soul. You shouldn't be in it. But that, but that, I mean, no, 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 you, you on point because I mean, that, that's like saying like, I mean, every time something happens in your business, you need to quit the business and get mm-hmm. a new one, which I mean, no entrepreneur, no successful entrepreneur will tell you that you got to right. weather some hard times right. in your business as well to be able to see success. But, it, but I don't think, I don't know if we built like that judge. Can I ask a question? Of course. Is, so what's going on with y'all? I mean. What's happening with the women down here? You must be doing all right. Hey, what, right. What, what, are you, what are you finding? What, what, what are you seeing? What mm. are you liking? What are you not liking? I'll let Tashaun. I'll let him take that one down first. You know, it, it's funny because a lot of it, before I even jump to the ladies, I'm going to start mm. with myself. Okay. Because mainly, uh, much of it has been me identifying what I want. Okay. Right, because that's I think that's the most important thing. Because if as long as I make a decision, regardless of all what's happening with the women out here, I truly believe that as soon as I make the decision to find a wife, I'm a finder mm-hmm. very easily. Right, um, and I've, I've I've dated women that have that potential, but the question is, is this something that I want to commit and pursue? Mm-hmm. Because I remember one of my mentors told me this. I asked him, "How do I know I'm ready for marriage?" And he asked me, he, he, he had a real, you know, Socratic approach to the mm-hmm. answer. He said, okay. He said, uh, do you have problems that occur in your business? I said, of course I do. He said, what do you do when it happens? I said, I solve it. He said, what do you do when it, you know, the, the solution you came up with doesn't work? He said, I create another one. He said, what if that doesn't work? He said, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. He said, uh, are you ever going to throw the business away? I said, I mean, that's not even an option. I'm, I got to figure this out. That's how I feed myself. Mm-hmm. There's no option to throw it away. He said, what happens when a problem occurs in your relationship with a young lady? I said, honestly, I think I probably need to get rid of this so I can lighten up the load. (laughs) And he said, as soon as you have that same mindset in business that you have with the women, you're not ready to get into a relationship. Outstanding. That's great advice. And see, I thought about that. And usually people give me this airy fairy way to determine whether or not I'm supposed to be in a relationship. But that actually gave me something tangible. For me to actually reflect on and be introspective to think, wow, I'm not that committed to this part of my life yet. And until I'm ready to be that committed, I'm just going to be out here really dating casually Mm -hmm. and having to find women who also are on a casual basis as well. Now, the problem is dating casually, it's a lot of BS that comes with Mm -hmm. that pool. Mm -hmm. You're running into a lot of women 
that she either got to be in a phase in her life where she's like in this building phase where she's cool with dating casually because she's focused on something else or in a retirement phase yeah <laughs> where, where she done been through it all yeah yeah she, she's just like done yeah, or yeah, she done but... been through so damn much <laughs> where she she like look i don't want none of that no more I'm tired of niggas. I'm divorced. I'm this and that. And I just want to have me some fun. So it's this weird place. And if you find somebody that actually wants that, you know, something long term, and sometimes even the women who say they don't end up wanting something mm-hmm. long term. Oh, that, they do. That, that happens a lot of times. Uh-huh. That happens. Now you fall into this real confusing space. And uh, I, I am dating a young lady that has a lot of potential long term. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because... You know, it, it makes you think and reevaluate what do I really want? Mm-hmm. Because you either eventually at some point it's going to get to a place where you either going to have to forego this opportunity and just miss out on this and say it because for the greater good, I'm not ready for it. Or you just make an aud- call an audible and make an adjustment to your plans mm-hmm. so you can build with somebody who you deem to be qualified. So I'm still in a place right now where I'm evolving, my mindset is evolving. Every time I sit down in these interviews, I hear all these wonderful things. I learn and understand a bit better how a relationship can be beneficial to me in my growth because myself and a lot of us in my generation still can see it as a distraction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we still can see it as a way that can slow down my pursuit of my purpose and not necessarily add to it. Right. So because I'm better understanding how a good woman can come on board, and we can actually expedite this thing. I'm more open to it, but I'm still undecided, Judge. I'm be honest. I, I'm I still you. very undecided. Hey, that was well thought out. That was mm-hmm. very, well, very well thought out. And a good friend, too. I love that analogy that he gave about the business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little Your nervous turn. about this one. <laughs> just, so, just, just tell you smashing and dashing. Right. <laughs> no, I, I'll be honest, Judge. I'll be honest. I am in a very casual, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I guess, time of my life. So with, with us, it's, uh, you know, we want to put all our eggs in, in this basket and we want to live very risky mm-hmm. because we really, you know, really are desiring that big payout at the end. So I just can't imagine taking on something, you know, a person as dynamic as a woman mm-hmm. and kind of putting her in that situation. Right. Because right, right. we don't know how long it's going to last, you know right. what I mean, until that payout comes. So I do want to be in a much better situation where I have more capacity to care for that woman. And of course, you know, when we get ready to have kids. But I have come to this place now over the past couple of years because I was one of those young men that was saying things like, I don't need to meet my father. You know, mm-hmm. I, I turned out okay. So I really had to dive deep, you know, and, and get some of that introspection to now understand w- once I turned 18, you know, once I become became a man, so to speak, um, it's my responsibility now to seek this right. father out, right? right you know, right. so I've been doing that for the past couple of years. And then also understanding that it's my responsibility to, to handle everything that comes in front of me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping over the next couple of years we can get to where we need to be so I can then start seriously entertaining a woman for, right. you know, having a future with but right now, you know, in the casual dating scene, I'm not even seeing that many women that I would take serious interest in, to be honest with you. Right, right, um, right. A lot of, I think, their ideals come from what's seen on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them that I've experienced have grown up in homes like mine, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. they also don't have traditions. Right. You know, they also don't understand, you know, what these traditional roles in the household look like. You know, they also are like me who have been so career driven 
and so success driven when it comes to professional being a professional that you know you haven't even looked into those mm-hmm, other things mm-hmm, you haven't even mm-hmm. investigated those other parts of your life what what your relationships look like what your mind looks mm-hmm. like what your health looks like and all of those different things so it is scary you know um being out there in the field from what i'm seeing mm-hmm. but i'm hoping that you know is if it is true which i think it is that you know as a man think if so is he that I will be able to put myself in a position to where I'm attracting more of the women mm-hmm. who are, you know, along the same mindset to have this very serious relationship. And let, let me add to mm-hmm. what he said too, right before you go. Sure, go Another thing that I, that there a lot of women are missing that we've seen. I think probably the most important thing is what you had. It's that wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's that it's that wise elder, right, or elders that you can go to for genuine counsel. Yeah, not when Pookie you and Ray Ray. Not the Pookie and right. Ray Ray, right? right? Or, 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 or Shanique and Shanice. <laughs> right. Right, who are also single at the club. Right. As counsel in your relationship, but people that are genuinely qualified to give you advice from a, a place of wisdom mm-hmm. that you can apply and have success. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things we miss in from men and women, mm-hmm. actually. Absolutely. From men and women. Absolutely. And I think you might find as you ascend, which I have every confidence both of you will, you're going to meet different pools of women. Because even back in the day when I was your age, you wouldn't have met me in a club. Because mm. I, I was painting or building dollhouses, mm-hmm. doing bizarre stuff. But that's where you can meet different kinds of women who don't, gravitate to what you already know. So as you move forward, what I sound, just said sounded so arrogant. No, I but it's, so it's true. I, mean, you, I didn't no, mean it's ju- true. you can ascend towards a woman like me, but all I'm, I meant you can uh, differentiate, no, no, go you, different places as you yeah, move You are 100% forward. right. When you go to the mall, you know, you let's say I walked into a Forever 21. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a certain type of woman there. In now, if I walk into the Louis Vuitton store, it'll be a certain type of woman in there. Mm-hmm. So I do want to. If you walk into Magic City, <laughs> it'll be it's a certain be type of woman, type woman in there. there. <laughs> right. And if you walk into Target, it'll be me. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I do agree with you. It's certain things that I can do to position myself to be able to meet, you know, right. that, that woman. So yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, just just different. I always tell women to expand your dating pool by doing different things. If you're going on the same block in the same corner, you're gonna meet the same cat. Go do something you've never done before, and then you'll find, oh, there's a whole different set of cats out here doing something completely different. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I'm with you. Now, one thing that does concern me mm-hmm. is because it concerns me and it pleases me at the same time, which is women's sexual freedom. Mm. So on one side of it, I love it. That's the dark side. That's the dark side. I'm like, girl, be yourself, girl. Listen, don't, don't let them tell you that you can't do this. Listen, take them drawers off, right, girl. Right, 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 right. And I know it's the first Slam. day, but we got a strong vibration going right, on. Right, you right. Know let's, let's roll with <laughs> it. Let's roll with it. But then there's another side of me that's like, man, I, I don't. You know, the same thing that makes me attracted to this woman for this temperate, this moment in time, is also the same thing that makes me unattracted to this woman in terms of having long term prospects. Now let's talk about. Uh, everybody out here talking about body count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that really matters to you. Yes. Now, yes. Is, is, it, is it just the number or is it how a woman with a large body count carries herself? 
I would say it's how they would carry themselves. Uh-huh. And it's the number two. I mean, because to me, it factors into the decision making, like how this person makes decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, you know, this is, and, and women know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like it's women that will say, hey, you know, I dated this person and this person who may have been celebrities on this higher caliber, right? So they know, you know, I'm judging them based on the type of men that they're able to, you know, attract. To pull. Right. To pull. Mm-hmm. So if a woman is saying she's been with, you know, numerous amounts of guys, I'm just thinking in my mind, she just, her standard is low. And, mm-hmm. and let me add to that. Because if, if you think about it, not many people have a million dollars in their bank account. Mm-hmm. So I know if somebody has been able to acquire a million dollars in their bank account, that is not, it's not just about that number. It's about the mindset it took to acquire a million dollars. I could probably tell some things about you mm-hmm. that allowed you to accrue that amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're telling me that you've had X amount of sexual partners, I can probably assume there's a mindset that goes along with you being able to build up this many sexual partners. That probably is leads back to your standards. Mm-hmm. That probably leads back to your morals. Mm-hmm. That probably leads back to your upbringing. Mm-hmm. That probably leads back to your friend groups. Mm-hmm. It leads back to where your environments are mm-hmm. and where you've been in life. So much is connected to that. So it's not necessarily just the number. So what does your body count say about your upbringing, your morals, your background and your decision making. So see, that's a that's a one hundred percent great questions. Because as men, for one, one for a man to have copious amounts of sex, mm-hmm. right? It's a little bit different from women, because you know a woman, you know she could be broke as hell. Not much. And I mean, you got to do throw the legs. You throw the legs up, and you could do it. Now for a man to do this. He either has to have built up some skill sets in himself. Mm-hmm. He has to build up a level of success in himself. He has to build himself to a certain point to have multiple sexual mm-hmm. partners. Now, that's not to say that you that is uh, constructive at all times, and it, it's not distracting to have copious amounts of sexual partners for a man. But I do feel like it's a little bit of a difference with a man and a woman, sec- um, you know, having high sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Now. For me personally, I would say me, uh, some of it did not come from the best place mm-hmm. because I grew up with an uncle, man, that was just a legendary player. <laughs> just out there. I'm talking about a le- And this brother, like back to, man, this brother was about 5'3", three, five, three, and I'm talking about had swag out this world, knew how to dress, knew how to talk. He was the one, he was taking me to the mall when I was 11 years old with him down at Lenox and he would throw me in front of woman women and, and, and pressure me and I would just get reps in and that's actually how I gained a lot of confidence dealing with women and that, that was a whole activity we'll go there for a whole day and do that. <laughs> right and it, it, training and, day and it turned into like the kill for me right it was about the kill it was like yeah I got the new kill you know so I can't necessarily say that's the most constructive thing to do because one it's one thing to chase us and it's another to attract true. that's yeah, a big difference that's true. That's true. and I wouldn't say at that point in my life I was Attracting. I didn't. I wasn't even that much, that very attractive. I didn't have much as a man. But going back to it I, again, that's the biggest difference I see with with men and women. I think women all their life they're protecting this this mm-hmm. thing, while men we're trying to conquer mm-hmm. this thing. Right. And that's what concerns me about a woman that has that's having a, a high number of sexual high number of sexual partners, but it's becoming more and more common now. Right. 
as we, you know, move into this highly sexualized society, yeah. we have a sex earlier and more often. More often. And I said this a long time ago and I got a lot of heat for it, but it's a double standard. Mm -hmm. And that's the world we live in. And if I had a daughter, I would tell her to be. Yep. Hey, put some handcuffs on Listen, <laughs> Shut that shit down. And not because it's right, not because it's fair, and not because you have, but you carry so much of the burden of it. I mean, uh, it's easier to get AIDS as a woman than a guy because of the, because of the flow of, of, mm -hmm. of the natural things. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and there are babies. And, 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 and there are guys who don't like a large body count. It ain't right. You know, and you can argue all day long that it's a double standard. And it is. And, but for thousands of years, uh, our virginity was our only asset. Mm. Was our only asset. Now we have other assets, mm -hmm. but uh, as a biological thing, y'all ain't got over it yet. Do you, no, you, do you know what I'm saying? That and, innocence and, is most important to mm -hmm. us. And I don't think I don't think you should. I, I should. I, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, "No" is the most beautiful word in the English language. Say it no. Say it often and say it loud. Mm -hmm. And just don't you know. I, not because it's right, not because it's fair, but because it'll do you the best then. And I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. But, I, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I would do for a daughter of mine. That I'm on the same page, which, I mean, even thinking about, it's certain things that even pop in my mind that are associated with body count. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you told me you had traveled the world, you had these different experiences, it, it would make sense. Because I'm mm -hmm. like, she's a very successful, you know, attorney and judge. So that makes sense. But, you know, if you working at you a waitress at a at a bar or something like that or you know you might be a nanny or something and you telling me you've been on these yachts and you've been on all these trips the first thing i'm thinking is you fuck with a lot of dudes because <laughs> that's the that's the only way you're gonna you be able to, there, that's right, the only right, way you right. got there so even when it comes to certain women you know sharing certain mm -hmm. things it even pops in my mind because i'm like wow okay well in, in my opinion, it might be a selfish thing. I'm thinking, wow, that's less that I can potentially show this woman. Mm -hmm. That's me. You know, now I'm going places with these other very successful men. I'm even thinking, wow, are she, is she looking at these other men? Because she has such an open philosophy about mm -hmm. sharing herself with, with the world mm -hmm. in, in this way. So I have, <laughs> like, it's just crazy because I advise women to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, I do indulge. In, in yeah. the other side, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's but a duality of life. But you have to, it, you know, everything you do, feel, and think is not going to necessarily be consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to be, around. you're not going to be in a bucket. Your wants and your needs and your, and your, your wants and your needs are one thing and your knowledge is another. And you have to make decisions for yourself about what you're going to do. And I'm not, I think women should have the right to have the same sexual freedoms as men. As long as you understand the ramifications thereof, it may not be fair. I it agree with that. It may not be right, but you have to live, you have to understand the world that you live in so you can accept the good and the bad of whatever decisions you make. You just have to be knowledgeable. That's my belief system. Hit the gavel on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Because that's what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. 
Man, we done had this wise counsel come up on here <laughs> yeah. and drop this game. We, we talked about some, some, some different things. Did you think we was going to dive so much into your personal relationship? I didn't know what y'all were going to do. I try to come into interviews completely blank mm. because, I want, first of all, I want to give you what you want, you know, and so you know where you're headed. And two, that's why it's more interesting. You know yeah, what I mean? Just I to be, yep. you know, and I like, uh, even on divorce court, I didn't read the packets because I enjoyed the the exploration. So I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like that. I could ask you anything and you're going to have some expertise in it, to be honest with you. Well, I, think it, I will tell you, I don't know when I don't know, which is right. wonderful because a lot of people don't <laughs> yeah, tell, exactly you, right. tell right. you they don't know. You know, I'm comfortable saying I'm not. No, but I do. I'm, um, I'm, I'm a voracious reader and, uh, I, uh, you know, I don't believe anything I'm told. I'll remember it, and I'll look it up. But um, you know, I'm a you know a voracious reader. I'm in the middle of three, four books all the time, and I think it's just. I think it. I think everybody should read more. Uh, we have become Google stupid, mm-hmm. and there's no context. You can get the answer that you need, but there's no context in it, and so I think that. Uh, I think everybody should read more because there's so much history and so much context that we are unaware of. And everything we're doing now, in some way, shape, or form, has happened before. Mm-hmm. Let, let, me, let me ask you this because <clears throat> before, before we let you go, I, gotta, mm-hmm. I, I want you to leave our people with a message. Because if there's one thing that you can tell our people, men and women, men or women, mm-hmm. to be able to improve the state of our relationships. Right. What, what would you leave them with? Approach whomever you're with as an individual, not a representation of male or female. Make knowledgeable decisions about what you want and what you need and conversations. Do not take advice uh, from people who are similarly situated solely because they have the same problems, the same limits you are. How am I going to get more information from you, if you and I have had the same experiences, mm. you know, broaden yourself, uh, read more, and uh, be an individual. Everybody says they are, but they're not. There's a uniform. Mm-hmm. There's a uniform with your hair and your and your eyelashes and your makeup and your butt and all of that. Don't wear the uniform. Don't don't become. We're, we're such a label-heavy society. Like this, you're a simp. You're an alpha. You're a beta. You're a pygmy. You're a this. You're a that. You're No. I'm Lynn Toller, and I'm married to Eric Mumford. And that's what that is. And if you can approach it that way, and do, and like when you said, like I didn't know about the going out and they're on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, learn from the past. Uh, you know, just because I'm old doesn't mean everything I used to do was stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, it's just, right. it's, it's just uh, you know, uh, do something different. Everybody seems to be locked, looking to lockstep. You know, there's the right thing to say. There's the right thing to do. You know, don't be afraid to be an individual. And being an individual is, you know, sporting thoughts that other people don't have, uh, but being willing to step off them as well. You know, everybody's so committed to their position. Yep. You can, 
you know, I'm ready to be proven. I say I'm wrong all day long, which makes me more likely to be right because I will detach from a position that has demonstrated it is not correct, and I will approach a new one. People get personally invested in what they believe to the extent that all rational thought misses them. Mm -hmm. And I'll listen to anything and everybody, and we just need to be less committed to the silos of our own beliefs and, and that's the branch thing. out. That's the thing. When you, you know, if you have enough courage to admit that you're wrong, you're not wrong anymore. That's the best thing about it. So let me say you can grow. Yeah. It, it, was, it was so many, it was so much game in that. Check your ego, know yourself, know your worth. <laughs> and I'm talking about that is some game. That is some absolute game. Judge Lynn Tola, thank you so much. Gentlemen, I had a ball. Thank you. Me too. Me too. I really had a good time. No, I really, absolutely. Really tell thank the, you tell for these me. people where they can get in contact with you, what you got going for them. Please plug yourself in. Okay. Um, I'm terrible at this. I have two I, uh, my, making, uh, making Marriage Work, My Mother's Rules, and Dear Sonali Letters to a Daughter My I Never Had. Those are my three books. Buy the books. The, the young one, the Dear Sonali, I would have named my daughter Sonali had I had one. And that's for young 20-year-old girls. My mother's rules is for anybody who wants to be able to think their way through how they feel. Mm. And that's what, I'm, that's what makes me able to overcome all of the struggles that I have. They need that one. I started that one. That was good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love I mean, out of everything I've ever done in life, Divorce Court, all that, that book is my favorite. Mm. And making marriage work is, is to help you with relationships. And um, I met real Judge Lynn all over. And I've got a new project, um, a scripted series that's going to come out soon. So I'm excited about that. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. I love that. And I love that you, you're doing new things, too, because you've been in the game for a minute, but yeah. you're still advancing, still, still trying out stuff new. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, this energy I'm talking about, let me tell you, uh, from the time I spoke to Judge Lynn on the phone to meeting her in per person, you you are sixty third birthday you just had, and I'm talking about this energy is just as youthful and vibrant as you can <laughs> ever imagine, and I appreciate you bringing that here and blessing us with your presence, y'all. Judge Lynn Tola on the platform. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Harley Initiated. We are out. All right.